0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the CDO Magazine interview series. I'm Subhash Kari, the Chief Innovation Officer at InfoCEPS, overseeing our global practices and delivery organization. InfoCEPS is a US-based global data and AI solutions firm. Our mission is to bridge the gap between the worlds of business and analytics to help organizations make better decisions faster and with more confidence. We have partnered with the Chief Data Officer Magazine on a series of interviews to bring pragmatic, evidence-based insights to business and technology leadership to advance their insights-driven journey. Today, I have with me Ms. Anna Hanem, Vice President, Data and AI Risk at Scotia Bank. So coming to the data ethics um, program, this is again, like, you know, uh, as I mentioned, like a a fast becoming like a fundamental part of every conversation, right, about data collection and usage this challenge of like, you know, how you protect an individual's right to privacy and control over their own data while enabling organizations to use it to provide better experiences to them, right? So can you talk a little bit more about your experiences you know, in this uh, field and what led to uh, the public recognition for the program?
1: Uh, certainly, so as you pointed out, data ethics is becoming more and more table stakes in the way we do business it's not just a side product and nice to have and something that you mention in words and and then you don't really do anything about mm-hmm. at scotia we have put out public uh, our data ethics principles. Uh, We have uh, uh, put those principles into the code of conduct. So for every employee to sign off on, Um, we have a mandatory learning course that was launched as well so that people are aware of what data ethics is, how does that interplay into their everyday business operations, how they themselves are responsible for usage of data, and what responsibility they have to the customer. Uh, As you've pointed out, the customer is really at the center of it all. And what our focus is is customer data so individual customer data uh, eventually we'll segue as well into other uses of data but the focus primarily is, is on customer data because that's what matters and that's where right we can if we don't get it right then there's huge reputational impacts financial impacts there's already regulations as you pointed out as well that we have to be mindful of and in, incorporate as well in terms of how we are dealing with our customers information and and how, why we're dealing with that customer information, what are we doing with it, being transparent, being respectful, being honest. All of those are part of our guiding principles when it comes to, to data ethics. But like I mentioned, it's all good and, and, and well when you just talk about it, but then what do you do about it? And a big part of why we were successful and received an award for the work that we were doing is because we really focused on communication and change management and change management meaning meaning instilling data ethics as part of the cultural fabric of Scotiabank. And we did a lot of roadshows. We talked to the highest level of the organization up to the C-suite about the program, the progress, et cetera. We also put in a robust governance process in place that showcased how each player, that meant technology, analytics, business, what the role they played. Many people think that with responsible AI or data ethics, it's a technology problem. And in many organizations, that's where it sits. For us, it's not. It's under the data and analytics uh, function. With that, we have a more wholesome look at what data ethics should be. And so it's not just a technology problem. It's not just an analytics problem. It is everyone to have a responsibility behind that, which includes to the business. And so back to that whole principle of transparency and being able to, you know, being able to talk about customer data and its usage and what we're doing with it, that should be easily conveyable to everybody. Technology, analytics, analytics should be able to tell say that to, to the business. Because at the end, if something were were the customer has a question, they're not going to talk to the analytics department. They're not going to talk to technology, they're going to talk to the business. So the business needs to ensure that they understand what's gone into you know, this product or service that was tailored for this customer, et cetera. Because really what we're trying to do is more personalized products with the technology we're using. But with it, we have to ensure that we've got transparency as how we got to that result. And so it really is the responsibility of everyone to understand in terms of the role that they play. So back to that cultural aspect, we really spent a lot of time in that area uh, to be able to communicate, like I said, and all the other things that I just mentioned, Code of Ethics and our USG report as well, and to be able to keep on conveying that message to the organization. And the more you talked, you know, the more you met one on one, we shared with the business, what this means to you, how does this particularly pertain to you? What is your role in this personalized it in that manner as well. The more adoption we got, the more than people were excited about it. Uh, they didn't see it as just an administrative task, but really felt value that they were delivering the best product and service for a customer. And then the last piece is technology in parallel as we were doing all those activities we also worked with a consulting company who helped us design a tool that would help in terms of assessing when you have a use case Uh, from a data ethics perspective did it meet all that criteria that we were comfortable with to be able to put that use case out uh, you know into the world Um, and especially if it had impact on the customer publicly then that was even more where we provided scrutiny and then like I mentioned overlaid on that governance and then the appropriate sort of due diligence so that we were all comfortable with it Uh, and in fact in our scenario uh, any of the use cases where we feel that need requires uh, you know a bit more scrutiny they go all the way up to our chief compliance officer to sign off on so it really does have you know attention at the highest level uh, in our organization
0: yep yep and Anna, I think this and this journey on this program, like you know, just for the viewers, like uh, how many months did it take? Just so that folks can understand, like what does it take to actually make progress in this area?
1: About two years, but mm-hmm. the first year was really about setting up the foundation, and then at that point, it was about you know having an understanding of what is data ethics, what is the scope of data ethics, who mm-hmm. are the involved parties putting in design, so working with consultants as well in terms of what is done in industry, what are best practices, what are other institutions doing, what are other geographies doing, uh, what are other industries doing, taking those learnings and best practices and then designing our program. As you can imagine, that initial stage always takes the longest. Then the second year was about execution, but you need to have strong execution, one, practice on your team, but also being to be able to deliver. It's one thing to have a strategy, but it's another thing to actually then execute on that strategy. And like I mentioned, a core component of that was the change management piece. You will not make a difference in an organization and make it as part of, adopted unless you really have a strength in that. And that includes a lot of communication, a lot of, like I mentioned, roadshows, education, training, etc. A lot of time is spent on that. And that's sometimes where people underestimate the effort that it takes on that uh, because, Sometimes it's not easily, you know, tangible and it doesn't easily, you don't, you don't see a result right away, but it's the long-term results that then really pays off. And then we, we definitely saw that uh, in the way that our tools and processes were adopted in the way that we were able to work with partners in the organization to have them implement uh, the work that is being done from a data ethics perspective.
0: It's very fascinating. I think there are a lot of takeaways for me, uh, you know, so thank you for sharing that, uh, the journey. As you mentioned, you uh, have sort of been given additional uh, responsibilities or different responsibilities now uh, in your new role. You sort of shared the importance of customer trust and building an improved customer experience in the in the bank, right? So, can you tell us, I think, like you know how you are bringing your exposure and data ethics in your new role as the vice president of uh, data and AI risk and sort of further the thinking about oversight around innovation in the data space?
1: Most definitely. So as you've pointed out, customer trust is is our very reason for existence. It is what uh, is our most valuable asset. And so without it, uh, unlike with other organizations, if a customer doesn't trust you, uh, they may drop you, but then eventually may come back. With a financial institution, if they don't trust you, there is no going back. Most of the time that relationship is severed and you cannot undo it. And so we really have to be mindful and protective of that relationship. And data ethics is a great way of of showcasing one, to our customer, two, to our organization that we take that trust seriously and that we're doing things around it to proactively protect it, not just reactively Mm -hmm. protect it. That is not the ideal state that we wanna be in, right? We want to be proactive in that space. And that is also where AI risk and data risk, my new function comes into place. It's about looking at the the protocols and standards and policies at the cross organizational level that we have In terms of how we use customer data which in that also data management governance things come into place right quality of data um, the lineage of data us being able from a privacy perspective as well to understand what is PII what is sensitive data how it flows through the organization where it ends up how long we retain it etc so there's many components to it uh, many areas of the organization that are impacted by it uh, or impacted as well and so my team's role now is to look at it from that risk perspective. Do we have the proper controls and mitigations in line, working with our first line partners to ensure that they do, uh, and then you know, showcasing metrics from an organization level in terms of how we're doing in that space. Um, the other component of that is the AI space, which is to your point where a lot more innovation is coming to that forefront. Mm-hmm. We all have heard, um, you know, recently in the news uh, some advancements when it comes to AI and and the potential that it has in terms of the way we do business, the way we live life. Um, some people are saying it's you know, as, as impactful as when the, the World Wide Web came into existence. And so this is really a huge thing that we can't ignore, but also it's happening in such a speed that we don't necessarily have all of the policies and frameworks in place. Some jurisdictions do or are trying to get there, but we don't really yet fully understand the full scope of this and the impact of this. And so you're trying to do design of what should be the safe guardrails, so to speak, and around this new technology so that it doesn't get used for the evil that we've all heard about, but instead is used for the good that we all want it to be used for and to help us with automation, to help us with productivity, to help us with work-life balance. And well, at the same time, like I mentioned, working within our our risk appetite and, and our parameters. And back to also our customer, ensuring that when we're using that, it doesn't do any harm to our customer because we know with AI specifically, it feeds off of data, but we know also that data tends to have a lot of bias from it in it. And so it needs to be, it needs to be taught to some degree how to to look at proper data so that it doesn't have that bias. And so we have to be mindful of that and not just take things at face value because we may think that we're getting a better result, but in fact, because of what that tool was fed, and like I said, the tool itself is not by any means evil, it's it's what is being fed, that we may come up with something that we didn't anticipate, unintended harm. And so we just have to ensure that we're doing our due checks and balances around that as well. So it's a balancing line between innovation and then as well as the guardrails to ensure that we are doing our due diligence around it. Again, back to, from a financial institution's perspective, to to protect our customer, to protect our business as well.
0: Awesome thought uh, to end, Anna. Thank you for joining me today please visit cdomagazine.tech for additional interviews. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much, Subhash.